Hello and welcome back to another service here at the Altar of Noise. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my fellow music believer, Simon. Mate, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot, mate. Not a whole lot. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, family life, keeping busy. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. How about yourself? Pretty much the same. Just work, 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 making sure that those kids don't, you know, do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. Making yep. sure that they're going to school, learning. Yeah. One of the boys is obsessed with flags at the moment. Ah. So he has a book all about flags, wants to look up different types of flags and are amazed where they come from. Yep. And then can start to talk about them. And then the other kid's suddenly obsessed with finding out like the cult, like where words come from. Huh. So he's like, sabotage is a French word. I was like, <laughs> okay. Sweet. <laughs> and he's like, and then for some reason he's like, Connoisseur is also it comes from it comes from France. So I was like, "Do you know what connoisseur means?" He goes, "Yeah, it's an ice cream." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, you're not wrong. I mean, you're right there, buddy." But no, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just fascinating. Uh, yeah, the flag scene. It's funny because I um, know flags fairly well, mm. but I never studied them, and I put that down to soccer, watching World Cups and playing FIFA. Yeah, yeah. I, be- I started. You know, joining dots, and now I'm just like, oh yeah, that's the the Dutch so, flag, or that's the Serbian flag. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I remember that. I always been fascinated by looking at the logos. So, you know, when you come to um, the Olympics, you know, all the yeah. flags that are on. Um, yeah, I hate the Olympics. I never watch it, but see, I, I, I just like watching sports. So I'll watch anything. No, I'll watch the Winter Olympics. The Winter Olympics are wicked. I prefer it because like. Obviously, it doesn't snow here, so I'm just like, how are they doing that? <laughs> well, like, I'm like, I don't care about fucking throwing a stick 100 metres. <laughs> I, I remember on the Winter Olympics, uh, we're, my ex and I, we were, she was pregnant with the twins and it was around the time that the um, Winter Olympics were were on and we are watching them, we are sitting on the couch together and obviously – during pregnancy, your hormones go all over the place. Yeah. And we're watching and we're watching the figure skating. It's yeah. just interesting to watch. And she, she starts crying. I'm like, what's wrong? She's just like, I'm just so proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, well, fair enough. That's right. But yeah, I, I love the Olympics. But I, again, you know, I'm watch somebody, I'm somebody's, uh, we'll sit down and watch competitive fly fishing. Yeah. Because, I'll watch most sports. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm lying. I'll watch the Olympics, but I don't care for them at all. You don't care. I, I mean, Australia care. does shit, so who cares? Yeah. It's the Commonwealth Games where yeah. we shine because there's not many of us. <laughs> We're against the, the freaking the, the Poms and Cook the Islands and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're going to have, we're going to take a knee. We're going to have a bit of a discussion mm. about how it comes about us trying to separate the art from the artist and if it's possible to do so when we find out that some of our favourites are a bit problematic. Yeah. Um, there are multiple multitude of artists that we both 
love. Um, but it's a case of they're kind of shit. Yeah, they're shit people. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll get to – we'll start it off by – so we'll, obviously everything, unless it's actually been proven in court of law, a lot of things are allegations. We're not here to determine whether they're true or false. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that, you know, all these people have done these things. We're literally just going to be stating allegations. So I just mm-hmm. want to get that clear to start with. Um, but going to have a bit of a talk about, you know, about certain artists and, you know, how how we kind of feel about it mm-hmm. and if we can going forward listen to them, I guess, still. Yeah. So I guess let's start off by talking about the most recent one or the biggest recent one, which is Mr. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Uh, which all came about well, a couple of months ago and just yeah. seems to have devolved into something much bigger. Yeah. Um, I guess we should also say that we're not defending the artist either. Oh God! With, no. with the, oh, the no. allegations, it's purely if we can separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was probably what I reckon around January, February. Yeah, there had been uh, murmurs through. I believe it was Metal Hammer tried to do an article on it last year, and they um. Questioned him directly on it, which ended with him hanging up the phone and then getting a phone call from his lawyer. Um, so it's been around for a little bit, but uh, yeah, he was never officially named by any uh, victims until this year, mm, around February. I think yeah, yeah, and it's it's always a case of like when that kind of came out. I think. I said to you and Mark, I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked. Yeah. And I don't want that because you look at Manson and that's the other thing that came out is everyone's just like, well, clearly if you just look at Marilyn Manson, obviously yeah, things are, he's going to do what was alleged. Yeah, which is a huge discredit to that whole alternative community. Oh, Absolutely. Then you're you're claiming that everyone who dresses like Manson, yeah, <laughs> is is you know partaking in that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I was the opposite. I re- I reckon I I actually said that to you. I was the opposite and was quite mm. surprised, considering what we all thought he stood for. Yeah, that you would assume that that would line up with the morals outside of the character. Um. It seems to be, it seems to be not the case. And then I suppose this, because I think we're up to what about eight allegations. I think it's three serious ones, and then there's a couple, mm. a couple more which are they've either stayed anonymous or yeah, they're not. They've had they've had situations where maybe he didn't physically or sexually do anything but just put them in a very uncomfortable position and they've come out and kind of, uh, you know, backed up mm-hmm. the allegations. Yeah. I suppose I know for me I've I've always liked Manson's music mm-hmm. but it wasn't like – and I've seen him play a couple of times but it was never like the B.O. Endel. Yeah. 
So for me, I've actually started to remove him a bit from my playlists and things. Yep. Because I'm just like, if all this comes out, I'm like, eh, I don't really need him in my life. Yeah. And I suppose that's the point now where a lot of us come to a certain us where we're just like, do we, do, do we need him? Nah, we'll probably mm. move without him. I mean, that's, I guess that's the, the big question is mm. um, does, should his legacy still stand? Yeah. Because, I mean, whether you like him as a, liked his music or not, what he done and once again what he represented for that era um, was huge. Yeah. It there was are, huge. Um, there are a million million upon million teenagers that felt the angst is in, in his music and thought it was a voice for them. Yeah. And um, does, does that all get torn down? Do we, do we remove him from music history or do we put an asterisk next to it? Yeah. And say, yes, he did all this. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, you know. Let's not forget yeah. that he made. Was let's not forget that he made the beautiful people that he played. Yeah, five song that he had all these great mm. songs. But it just we put that to the side because he was, yeah, uh, accused of all these things, and you know, play out in a court of law, see how it all goes. Uh, but let's talk about someone who was actually charged and someone that you're closer to as a fan than I. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about lost profits. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just funny, the other day I was talking to I was talking to someone who turns out was a massive Lost Prophets fan. Yeah. Loved them, lived and died by them, mm-hmm. and then everything came out. Yeah. And now she's just like, I, don't, I can't do it. Mm. I, I, I can't do it. Now, you know, if you can, what is the backstory of what happened? So, so he was done. The lead singer. There's lead singer Ian Watkins, not Lost Prophets. That should be very clear. Made yeah, very clear. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was we, one we member of yeah. Lost Prophets. Uh, his name's Ian Watkins, the singer. So, yeah, just to kind of remind myself on what actually happened, I looked up what Watkins was charged with, and it's not pleasant reading, folks. No. If you're curious and you have a, the stomach for it, by all means go check it out. But it's 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 horrible. It is. It's absolutely horrible. Um. And yeah, but so you can you listen to Lost Prophets? <clears throat> well, I know a close friend of mine who was a fan, not as big as what I am. Um, he, the day he just pled guilty and he was going to prison, um, pretty sure just got rid of anything to do with Lost Prophets. Yeah, just deleted it off playlist, deleted it off his computer. Um, I. I did too. I didn't throw out any of my bought stuff, mm-hmm. but I did, uh, you know, took took them off playlists and whatnot. Um, it was probably a year before I um, started listening to them again and mm-hmm. it was weird because I was such a big fan and it happens with all, all music. You kind of... You know, you have your own memories wrapped up in songs. You have your own 
meanings of songs which, you know, you've just kind of attached to a situation in your life which happened. So for me, Lost Prophets took up a large chunk of my adolescence and I've got a lot of good memories attached to them. And it was really weird when I did listen to them again because it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like clouded out by this horrible fucking thing that's happened. Yep. Um, and it kind of left me in a weird spot because I was like, I still really like the songs, uh, you know. Most of the band didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I um, I kind of kept, you know, sometimes I'd listen to it, sometimes I couldn't. And so now, because they were in every playlist, you know, if I had a sing-along playlist, I'd have Last Train Home in it. If I had, you know, a pump-up playlist, I would have, you know, Burn Burn or Bring Them Down and then, you know, they were in every playlist and by memory I just didn't delete it from a certain playlist and it just came on and on the car. And so I was like, oh, let's see if I can stomach it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just disappointing because it's like they're still good songs and they yeah. still have all those memories attached to it. But now it's like you feel bad, you feel dirty that you listen to it. Um, so I kind of... There, I've got only a couple of songs on some playlists and I won't listen to those playlists in public. Like yeah. I won't play them because, you know, I don't want other people <laughs> to feel guilty that they're listening to them. And, you know, some days I just still skip. I'm just like, no, nah, yeah. not, not today. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That's as hard as yeah, it's hard when you build up so many memories with a band and then suddenly it all kind of. Mm. I mean, and Lost Profits themselves don't want anything to do with it. And it's sad because they, they don't speak about it mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. I believe they've done, they've done one interview about a year or so afterwards where they were like, this is the only one we're doing on them. And they, they'd done it and, you know, pretty much just, that their side of the story, Ian Watkins was spiraling out of control with drugs, which is, you know, a big thing because he was straight edge when they first came out. Um, they, uh, you know, they wanted to get him help for his drugs. They didn't know anything else about him. Like in that sense, he had grown distant from them. So, uh, you know, they wouldn't rock up the shows together he would always drag himself in or whatever later on. So they were worried. They were on the brink of breaking up because mm. of his drug problem. Yep. I want to say at least three or four of them have kids at the time as well. So they're like, you know, if we knew we would have fucking torn him to shreds and yeah. thrown him to the police. Um, you know, the basis has recently, I think the last year or two, done a podcast where he, he went in pretty deep about it with some of his friends. Um, I'll link that podcast below because if anyone wants to listen to it, it's, it's a really good one. Yeah. Um, but he he went home and smashed up all his gold records. Yeah, He's like, I everything we built, uh, 
is just fucked now. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's, you know, he's like, obviously our, what happened to us is nothing compared to the victims. Yeah. But yeah. he's like, but it, it's completely fucked, you know, two decades of his life and who wants to play in a band with the basis from Lost Profits and, you know, all that kind of stuff went through his head, you know. Yeah. None of them, I mean, off the top of my head, none of them were tradespeople or all that because they got into it so young. Yeah. So they're like, you know, the well, skills now. I have uh, all in this industry which won't hire me. Luckily for them, <laughs> they, <laughs> they did manage to, to make another phenomenal band. But um, that kind of helped a lot as well, I think, having no devotion to listen to. Yeah. Uh, which is the band, which is Lost Profits minus Ian Watkins, obviously, and the singer from Thursday as the singer. Um, that kind of helped. Because mm-hmm. there's, they sound nothing like Lost Profits, but um, yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. It was a good feeling that it didn't fully fuck them over mm-hmm. by someone's fucking atrocious actions. Well, good. Yeah, it's good to see. Like, yeah, it's always hard when there's because there's obviously there's the obvious victims and then there's the band victims. It's just like, well, you, mm. you don't want them to suffer just because of one person's completely stupid fucking choices. Mm. I mean, and another thing is like, I mean, obviously the fans take a hit. Oh yeah, but you've got people who've you know got tattoos. Yeah, you know, like, like I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there with mints and tattoos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like, yeah. well, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was easy. I could lock all the all my lost profits gear, the t-shirts, all the the CDs, the tickets, all that stuff. I could. Lock you away in closet. Yeah. yeah, a tattoo, somewhat permanent, unless it's like, you know, in a really weird spot that you don't look at on your body too often. Yeah. So, you know, what about those folks with like Michael Jackson or Elvis Presley tattoos? Mm. And they're ones that are deep steeped in history, mm. where there's a long line of issues that have come out of both of them. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we know of the Michael Jackson one, the Elvis Presley ones bit more about racism and whatnot. So for certain for certain people wearing Previs, uh, uh, Presley on their arm is actually kind of something for what they stand because unfortunately there is a lot of racism out there. They're like, oh, no, Elvis was, you know, he was the man. He knew I was right. Mm. I mean the thing with Elvis, and we've got to be careful, is that it's never like it's not been proven. Yeah. There's Again, no clear cut of him being racist. Yeah, no. There is um, some problematic lyrics and problematic quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is something we could possibly get into as well is um, of the time. Yeah. It probably wasn't viewed as that. While looking back now, we're like, well, that's that's not a very good thing to say. Um and how do we how do we handle that? Yeah, how do yeah. we handle those kind of problems? Yeah, it's always the case of just like in the time that timeline was that okay? Maybe nowadays we look at it and go, oh no, it's it's really not okay to be to be singing about you know certain uh, certain subjects. 
Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, like saying, yeah, and, and again, obviously it's not proven, but it's just like, well, people took his meaning in a certain way. They agreed with certain sentiments in which he was saying it. And then for them, it's just like it is like the people that still walk around with, you know, the southern state's flag. Mm. Some people just choose to be that way. Mm. Um, and then obviously with Jackson, it's, you know, so many things, documentaries, everything, mm. huge lineage of things. It does kind of cloud your enjoyment of him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the Michael Jackson one's another interesting one because you've got the, the first allegation, which was set out of court. Then you've got the second one, which went through the the court system mm. and he was found not guilty. And then you've got the recent allegations from leaving Neverland, which in some aspect has gone through the courts and been dismissed. Mm. So you're kind of left with, well, you're left with a not guilty man, but you're left yeah. with a, a cloud of, you know, allegations. Is it is it just because it's Michael Jackson and now it's an easy target? Or yeah. has things happened? Not to mention, you know, he's dead. He can't defend himself. Mm. You know. I mean, I'd, that that's true. He can't obviously defend himself in court. But for me, that's not a reason to not tear down someone's legacy. Yeah. At the same time. Uh, I think he's one if, of the ones. So that's, it's kind of, there's always, he's one of the ones with his music where there's always kind of going to be that cloud. Mm. But and kind of similar to Presley, but their music kind of still stands. Yeah, yeah. Now whether we like, I know we're neither of us are really huge fan of Presley's music, but we both like Michael Jackson. You love Michael Jackson's music. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I think he's enough where he kind of. I don't want to say he comes out on top of it, but I think for him, it's easier for to to, to appreciate Jackson. to appreciate the music. With I think the, for Michael with, Jackson it's easier because he was found not guilty. Yeah. It's yeah. you can say, well, it's he's an you know, he's, he's an innocent man. Yeah. Um he has gone through, you know, a the full trial. court system and a full trial. Um Elvis Presley's more, I think uh oh, you know, a person of his time. And that's not to say everyone back then was racist because you had the Beatles who refused to play segregated yeah. arenas when they went through America. They were, you know, mm-hmm. really pushing to have mixed crowds and uh, Elvis Presley wasn't like that. He would play segregated crowds and whatnot. So you can't you can't say that racism didn't exist then because it clearly did. Oh, no, it wasn't. But it. it's... Um, yeah, it's whether you now uh, punish him for his actions of, you know, of what he used to do. Yeah. I want to touch on that just briefly for a moment. So obviously it's come out, well, it's not come out. It's been known for a while that, you know, blackface is fairly fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And the people that do it 
should be called out on it. Yep. But when we were kind of looking into a few things for today's episode, I found this website, Your Fave is Problematic. Um, it's a Tumblr post. It was a hashtag for a while where people kind of mentioning favourite artists and music uh, musicians, actors, et cetera, that have done things that are a little bit like, eh, well, that's mm-hmm. a bit wrong. We Should you be enjoying them? Yep. One of the people that got mentioned was Florence Welch of mm-hmm. Florence and the Machine. And a couple of the things that... She's been pulled out, called out on is one, she was wearing a Native American headdress and just a photo of someone. Yeah. The other one is she's wearing the, has like the Mexican Day of the Dead sugar skull yeah. paint to work on. She's wearing a Japanese kimono and an out in like a music clip. Mm-hmm. Totally understand about blackface. Totally understand why we say no to that because it is. How come we haven't kind of said no to people wearing like the sugar skull and the Japanese kimono and things? How come that those ones are a bit more accepted for artists to do in music and whatnot mm. than it is for, of, for the clear reason of blackface? Mm. I just find that somewhat interesting. I'm not trying to say – I don't want everyone to say you're clearly misrepresenting a culture when maybe you're not doing that. You just – like. You're looking at the photos of Florence, she's like, there's nothing wrong with what she's doing, but is there? Mm. Yeah. Cultural appropriation is is something I'm getting my head around. Yeah. Um Yeah. It, I mean, I think the obvious one for blackface versus the other examples you had is that it's is so clearly taking the piss. Yeah. While wearing a kimono, you're like, that's like, to me, it's like, okay, they're, they're not taking the piss. Yeah. But it's not up for me to decide because yeah. I'm not from that culture. If yeah. if they're offended by it, then okay, we should, oh, this is my opinion, if they're offended by uh Florence wearing a kimono, I don't have a leg to stand on to say you can't be offended by that because I'm not Japanese. I don't have that history. I think that's right what you said there, though, is like blackface is clearly meant to be insulting. Yeah, it's from the – was that Jim Crow? Yeah. Jim Crow? You know, with the pink lips and the highlight thing. It was clearly taking the piss. Yeah. And it's – even if you're not taking the piss – Yeah. It still represents that, so don't uh, do it. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose that's the thing. We I don't know if we've yet gotten to the stage where um, people are – I think people are still of the assumption that when people wear a kimono or they do the Day of the Dead face that they're just highlighting that. They're not taking the mickey out of it, mm-hmm. which, you know, we may get to that point where – but I don't think we should be calling people out on it just yet if it's not because blackface is clearly insulting. Mm-hmm. These ones I don't unless they're doing it in a way where they're obviously taking the mick out of yeah how they're having their faces painted, how they're wearing the clothing. Yeah, like if they're not wearing it the proper way, okay, you can call them out on it. But that's again. But I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, like we are clearly not Japanese or Mexican. Yeah, you know. We're very, very white. Mm-hmm. 
half Italian. <laughs> but we, yeah, so we can't say, well, you know, you're wrong for saying that. But Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you, do, you do see it coming up a little bit more, especially with the Native American headdresses yeah. and people wearing them to like Coachella and stuff like that. You've seen a lot of pushback on that now. Um, I, I think it's because it's something to do with it being not sacred, but being um, like a re- only certain people can wear that because yeah. you kind of earn that, I believe. So it's, you know, I think that's where that offense comes from. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I can't. Yeah. Think of another example for it, yeah, but, no, I but think, I, I think that's where that that is that makes sense. coming from. Um, I don't you know. You have to earn the headrest. I, I believe I could be a hundred percent wrong, and if I am, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I, I believe that's kind of where that comes that uh, not argument, but you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm still trying to get my head around it because I'm trying to understand it more because. It is a difficult one because a lot of people, like you said, would be claiming I'm not taking the piss out of it. I'm mm-hmm. trying to partake in it. Um, I know another artist who's been accused of it is Bruno Mars because um, he makes predominantly uh, black music, the style, the dance, mm-hmm. and he's white. And there's, he's been called out on it. I don't think like on mass, but he has been called out on it. Yeah. Um, and he has said just essentially what I just mm-hmm. said was what people use as a defense is um, he's um, – oh, sorry, the argument's that he's making money off of it. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm – uh, uh, word. Like he he loves like Little Richie and James Brown and things like that, and he's like, so that's just the influence coming out, yeah. and this is what you know I'm I'm coming out with, and you know you, you can claim all rock music is cultural appropriation as well mm-hmm. because that's all come from rhythm and blues and yeah, so it's a very complicated thing. I don't think me and you are ever going to figure it out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think the best way for me and the way I've seen it is if someone from that culture says it's offensive, then I'll go, okay, that's – I'll cross that off my list of things I'm allowed to do. Yeah. It's similar to – so recently there has been a – this is going to be getting off of music now, but recently there was RuPaul have released has done a down under drag race, mm-hmm. and they were doing something the other night. I was watching this all play out on Twitter, but one of the drag queens went out as Lindy Chamberman with a hand puppet dingo that was covered in blood, and the outrage, yeah, that people would said that. Uh, and he, the drag queen was being defended by people who were just like, oh, you know, it's, it's clearly just, you know, comedy and all that. But then, mm. like, women are coming out going, no, that's completely offensive. 
they're mm. like, well, you're wrong. So again, you can't, if a woman's coming out and defending another woman and explaining why that that would be offensive, why it would be, you know, this woman went through a fuck ton yeah. losing her baby to tell a woman that they're wrong because they don't understand. Well, I kind of feel like a woman would understand another woman. Yeah. I think, you know, that's when you start playing into misogynistic tendencies and like, okay, yes, you are. Uh, this is going to borderline the trans thing, but like, you know, you're a male playing a female as a drag queen. But like if you identify as a female, okay, I can understand that. But if you're clearly a guy dressing up as a drag queen to be something like that really the hard thing, it's like you just kind of don't understand. Mm. It's, that's where like when you get into the trans world that it, everything gets a little bit. Yeah, we're not going there. Yeah, that, that's, a whole, that's a whole other argument that's and discussion not for another for this day. Podcast. No, no. Um, we are clearly not educated enough for that one. But like uh, again – you can't be telling, like we can't be telling cultures what to feel. You can't be telling other genders what to be feel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about RuPaul. Yeah, I, I mean that's, I think that's the safest and most responsible stand to take is if X culture says that's not right, then that's not we right. find that offensive. Sweet. That's, yeah. that's now on the list of things not to do. Yeah. And so I just want to, with yourself, we're talking about lost profits and mm-hmm. how do you justify listening to a song. Uh, there was an Australian band a few years back, one Triple J Unearth, called The Football Club. Yep. They were all set to play Splendor and then their lead singer, lead front woman, Ruby Mac, Macwood, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. She, it came out that she was... Uh, sexually abusive to someone. All these allegations all came to the front. They got pulled from Splendor, got pulled from other other shows. From my hands, like obviously, if that's and they've since disbanded, gone yep. on their merry way. Their song "Ivy," which came out, which got them to that stage, is mm-hmm. an absolute fucking amazing song. Yeah, and I have to admit, I still listen to it on the regular mm-hmm. because it's just an incredible song. Yeah. I've somehow managed to separate that because I heard the song, I think probably a couple of years after that yeah. and then. Then discovered what happened. After that. Yeah. So I've got like this, you know, four-year window where I've yeah, yeah. discovered the song, <laughs> then discovered that. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So it's always a case of like when you hear this music and then you discover, then you research them. Yeah. How do you. Go about that because, like, I still love that song. It's mm. a pearl of a song. Me and one of the staff members at my job, she loves the song. Yeah. But she's also just like, I know that that shit happened. So sometimes I struggle in certain days. You're just like, I can't listen to it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like going back and, like, if you'd grown up and you'd never, or like another band here that's just pretty fucked, but DeAntwood. Mm. Like, say you only discovered Dantwood three, four years ago. Yeah. And then there was some recently, they were announced that they were going to be on a tour in the UK and they got uh, the lead singers from several bands all got together and said, we don't want to be associated with them because... Yeah, it was a festival. Yeah, a yeah. festival. They don't want to be associated with them because of their history of 
homophobic, homophobic comments, racial comments. Um, abuse. Yeah, abuse. Uh, we don't want to be. And they've then since been pulled from the festival. Yeah. But if you're someone who's only discovered them three, four years ago and then you suddenly see that, mm. does that cloud your judgment going forward or mm. how do you deal with that? Um, I guess I've got two examples really. Um, one of them is Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne. I loved them for years and then found out that he tried to kill Sharon mm. um, on a drunken rampage, which seems to kind of gloss over any time uh, they get mentioned. Yeah. But um, the other one is Tupac. Uh, I listened to Tupac for ages and then um, found out he went to jail for sexually assaulting a girl. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? Yeah. I, I think for me it was kind of enough because I wasn't like – fully invested into him and, um, you know, both of them were before my time of listening to music and getting into music. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you can instantly go, oh, well, well, you know, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. He's a dickhead. But I'll still listen to the music because I haven't made that connection. While Lost Profits, I was on board from day dot yeah. and followed their career and as you follow – Artists, you get to know them more. Um, so, yeah, so it was definitely harder to separate once you've kind of made that connection. Yeah, I guess that's going to lead me back into someone who's, again, off topic, off of music, but Chris Benoit, the famous wrestler. Mm. I remember watching him as a kid growing up loving wrestling you know, 90, from like 96 through to, you know, what happened in 2007, around that time. Mm. You know, I watched 10 odd years of me watching Chris Benoit put on these fantastic matches, wrestling his ass off, you know, a shorter guy but just fucking killing it in the ring. And then there was the double murder-suicide where mm. he kills his wife, his child and hangs himself. Now the argument's always been, like I've since then, you know, I recognise how phenomenal he was in the ring but like I can't go back and watch his stuff. Mm. I mean the WWE have gone ahead and pretty much erased him from yeah. his history. You, like you, they won't mention him on commentary. Like they've gone through and edited all their footy on their, uh, footage yeah. on their network. He's, the matches still exist but he, they yeah. won't mention him in yeah. the – Commentary, but there are people that, and this kind of goes to some fan bases where they're just like, well, you can't just get rid of him because he was so good. You know, you need to mention him. He needs to be in this. Some people are like he needs to be in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. I'm like, no, he fucking doesn't. Mm. What he did was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, this hearts back to the question is whether or not you tear down people's legacies. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other thing is where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line and say this person was so fucking good he, and their music is so good but mm. he's such a shit bloke? Yeah. I think, I mean, for me personally, um, 
I think if it's if it's something big, mm-hmm. like we're talking, if it's yeah, Ian Watkins, Chris Benoit. Yeah, if we're talking that, then I do believe that your legacy should be pretty much torn down. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so, but I'm not. I'm torn when it comes to um stuff that happened, say, in the 50s and 60s and their time was in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And, you know, they might be dead now. They might just, you know, fade into obscurity. Um, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how far back we reach to tear down legacies. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have much of a problem if Michael Jackson was found to have done all the stuff that's been said about him. I wouldn't have much of a problem problem with them tearing down his legacy because it's well nineties, nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I think nineties. Um, you know, <laughs> that's that's recent when yeah. we're talking in the history of yeah. the industry. So same with like, and I don't have a problem at all with like what the festival did with DeAntwood. If they're just like. I feel like, yeah, like okay, yes, they initially put him on there, but there was such outcry about it. Mm. They got taken, they got him taken down. I understand. I mean, the, to me, that's they're they're private enterprises. They yeah. can play who they want and not who they want. It's yeah. like when uh, Leaving Nevermind came out, and all those radio stations in New Zealand and a few across the world um, mm-hmm. pulled Michael Jackson out. And I believe everyone's gone back to playing Michael Jackson, but you know, it that's their choice. They're yeah. private private enterprises. You know, it's yeah. like people complaining about Spotify taking down Joe Rogan podcasts or um certain types of music. It's it's yeah. their business <laughs> at the end of the day. Um you can whinge and moan about it as much as you want yeah. and claim free speech, but it is a private business. Yeah. And they're allowed to. So 100% agree. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Like, and, and I suppose the hard thing is like nowadays is a lot of people want to do a trial by social media and potentially, you know, go after these people. But you got to be mindful. And this is the thing I'll preach to anyone do your research. Actually, mm. Look into it. Don't just be like, oh, these three Facebook posts said that this person was doing something wrong. Mm. Clearly. Well, it's like, no, it's not clear at all. Yeah. That's why you need to be cautious when you're dealing with certain things like that. Mm. But at the, end, at the end of the day, we can't tell you what to listen to. No. We can't tell you that you're wrong for wanting to continue to listen to certain people even though they have a problematic past. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to continue, if you want to listen to Guns N' Roses, even though Axl Rose is a piece of shit, <laughs> by all means, yeah, go, go for it. Yeah. If you choose, they're like, oh, uh, I, I I find what Childish Gambino says to be a little problematic. I'm not going to listen to him. I'm like, understand. Yeah. Completely get it. Yeah. I mean, that's another conversation is like we had off air is what do you do with the ones who have evolved? Mm-hmm. Like Gambino, um, 
Mm. His, his early li- his stuff. lyrics, some of his lyrics can be called misogynistic, or they are. Um, you know, he's used uh, homophobic slurs. He's used the R word in retor- uh, uh, when talking about people with disabilities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, ex- no, that's not, you know, and you, then you can get into his stand-up stuff. But off the top of my head in recent albums, none of that's there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's either grown up or realised that, you know, that's the wrong things to say or he's, you yeah. know, he's just not writing about that kind of stuff anymore. But yeah. do we... Do we tear down Gambino because of what was said? I, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, just as like you mentioned, Paul McCartney. Yeah, um, there's a good letter by um, a fan wrote to Nick Cave. So um, I just got to kind of read it out so I don't get it wrong. Um, Nick Cave has a website called The Red Hand Files where he answers um, fan submitted inquiries. Um, and he was asked whether he felt the need to change the lyrics that might be heard as problematic in 2020, specifically the line, a, uh, yeah, I'll say it, a fag in a whalebone corset dragging his dick across my cheek in a 1992 song, Papa Won't Leave You, Henry. The question was, are you happy to preserve the lyric as a product of its time and respect the original content? Um, so yeah, he's you know he's asking, mm. should you change that lyric or are you happy to kind of keep it as that was written in '92? Um, I'll read the article so I can, because Nick Cave is a lot more poetic in, <laughs> than what I am. Uh, so Nick Cave started his response by writing, "These days, some of my songs are feeling a little nervous." They are like children that have been playing cheerfully in the schoolyard only be told, only to be told that all along they have had some hideous physical deformity. Uh, he went on to discuss cultural changes in taste expressing but what songwriter could have predicted 30 years ago that the future would lose its sense of humour, its sense of playfulness, its sense of context, nuance and irony um, and fall into the hands of perpetually pissed off, um, I don't even know that word, pissed off people. How were we to know? And Cave continued musing that perhaps songwriters of the past could have been more careful with our words, but it's not right to blame the songs themselves. They still have integrity and worth. He wrote, as flawed as they may be, the souls of these songs must be protected at all costs. They must be allowed to exist in all the aberrant horror, unmolested by these strident advocates of the innocuous, even if just as some indication that the world has moved toward a better, fairer and more sensitive place. So he feels that problematic problematic lyrics from the past should be kept as a reminder of growth. Yeah. Um, keep them as a product of their time. Yeah. Uh, as a history I, lesson, I guess. Yeah, which I, I agree with. Of all the people in the world, Nick Cave is, he seems to be the most... Uh, well, I, you know, I don't think he's racist. I don't think he's homophobic. I no. Don't think he's, I mean, he wrote an album full of uh, murder songs. I don't think you would get away with that anymore. No. But um, I think they need to be kept because, like he said, there's, 
there's more to the songs than just the lyrics. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is an interesting question though. And one that's potentially bigger than us. I'm going to get deep and meaningful here. Yes, this is definitely bigger than us too. <laughs> so I think that'll wrap that up for today. I think we've had a good chat. Obviously, we could talk for hours about this and mm-hmm. we could we could highlight a million different artists and the stupid shit <laughs> they've done and whether they've grown from it or not. Whether it or not, they're all human. Yeah. They're, there's going to be some but fucking human- bag eggs there. Are they human or are they dancers? <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all very much. If you've got any that we've missed or you want to discuss any with us, we're happy to have a chat about it. Um, you can contact us at facebook.com slash altar of noise. You can check out Simon's band, facebook.com slash the unset. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash maddogwowsy. And we'll all be back next episode for uh, some discussion about something um, as we do every, I was, I was going to say every week, <laughs> but it's like every time that we can actually get a chance to record. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, stay safe, stay safe, everyone. We'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.